Welcome and you are listening to a very special episode of Keep the Change. This is not a money mail lesson. This is one of those Luke's a little bit fired up in the morning to start the week. Had a bit of spare time in his hands and thought I might try and put some of my thoughts down into talk to help me get them out of my head and to try and help you as well. Because as the great Marvin Gaye would say, what the fuck is going on? Um, It is just everywhere you look out there, there's some weird shit going on. And maybe you're not as into it or aware of it as maybe a geek like myself or someone that's fascinated by economics in the world. Uh, but I just want to shed some light on some of the things that are happening and figure out what the fuck is going on and, and maybe what happens next and maybe what we could be doing along the way to sort of protect ourselves from some of these things because some of the things that are happening have never actually happened before in our parents' lifetime, and there's no one that we can sort of turn to and go, hey, like, what what happens next here? What's going on? Um, Because these circumstances that we find ourselves in are very unique in terms of the last few decades. They are more sort of played out in history previously. So I didn't study history when I was at school, and I'd imagine no... People went to school and thought, oh, I want to study the history of the economy and inflation and interest rates and all these types of things to figure out and know what's going on. But some people have, and we can turn to them and look at some of their research. Uh, But there are just a number of confusing things that I think it's worth keeping an eye on. Now, one of those things is something we've spoken about a fair bit, and that is inflation. Now, it is at its highest rates that it's been in New Zealand for a long, long time. And what that means is that things are more expensive and our money is effectively worth less because our money can buy less of the things that we need. As an example, I was away in Mount Maunganui on the weekend for a lovely weekend in the sun and it pissed down with rain all weekend. Now, that's inflation, I think. No, it's not, but... I went to the cafe, and it was a Sunday, the day before the public holiday, and they said, oh, there's a surcharge because of the public holiday. I'm like, yeah, well, that's good to know for tomorrow, mate. So I don't know what the fuck I'm paying it on a Sunday. But anyway, two coffees and a muffin, $21.80. Couldn't even get two coffees and a muffin for a $20 note. I'm like, okay, this is, uh, you know, this is pretty, pretty out there. To be fair, did have a bit of coconut milk in both. And had a shot of caramel syrup in one. So, you know, don't judge me, but I know you are. And that's completely fine. I'd judge me too if I heard that. But 22 bucks, like really? For a couple of coffees and a muffin. But that's just the world that we live in. Now, you remember last year, and quite often, I'm always banging on about how do we add more income into our household? Because that is not what you get taught. And no one talks about that because that is actually where the answers are in terms of getting back in control 
of your life. Now maybe, just maybe, the powers that be and the system that we play in doesn't actually want us to have any control of our life. I don't know. Like Now I sound like a conspiracy theorist or something, but you'll notice the people that whinge the loudest and who are the most vocal are usually the people that are furthest from control, no matter what that is. And humans hate take, having control taken from them, but we also are very good at giving it up really easily or giving in at trying to get it back. As an example, if prices are going up, we'd rather whinge about the fact that prices are going up than go, hey, what do I need to do to ensure that that's not a real problem for me? And we've had this conversation inside our business with other clients, and ultimately, those types of people that I'm dealing with Monday to Friday, they are in control of their shit, and they've only got themselves to blame if they can't get on top of these things. So they can go out to the market and they can add more value into the market and price rises don't impact them as much. But if you're on a fixed income, for instance, as we've spoken about, control is slowly being taken from you. So I'm always banging on about what can we do? How can we bring more income back into our household? And it might not be the suggestions that I often make around go and mow some lawns, go and do some things that could bring you some income coming into the house. Go and do some extra hours. Go and help someone. Go and get a referral fee for helping one of your friends who's in business finding you client. It might not be those things. It might be, let's take a look at every dollar that's going out of my bank account and go, does that really need to go out? Do I need to be paying Westpac $30 in bank fees for the year for that savings account that I no longer use because their interest rates are so fucking low that it's not even worth putting money into that account, you know? Do you even need those four bank accounts anymore and you're paying $15 a year for bank fees for them? Do you need three credit cards? Do you need to be paying 18% interest on that consumer finance that you took ages ago that you got caught in a rut with? Get rid of it. You know, how can you get rid of it? Ring your bank. Hey, can I please borrow money from you guys at a lower rate to pay off this credit card? They might say no. Who cares? At least you're trying to do something. So we need to find ways to take control back to get money back into our uh, household because things that we want to buy are getting more and more expensive. So inflation surged to 5.9% compared with 4.9% in September, 3.3% in June, and just 1.5% in March. We were talking about inflation well over a year ago, so we were ahead of all this stuff. I'm not here to be like, I told you so, I told you so. But what the government are going to tell you, and I'm not saying, oh, what Labour are going to tell you because they don't like Labour. It's not about that. I think... Everyone in the same position probably say the same shit. Here's, here's, here's what's going on. Well, we are not alone in experiencing high rates of inflation. Well, I don't give a fuck. That's not going to help me, is it? So what, what's up with these piss-weak excuses around the problems we get ourselves into? Oh, yeah, well, hey, sorry that inflation's here, and sorry that things are 6% dearer. Uh, but hey, look, you know, we're not alone. Um, the other countries are the same. <sighs> Seems like a pretty great practical way to uh, tell the nation that uh, you apologize that maybe maybe just maybe we could have done some things that uh, contributed to this but we want to blame excuse deny classic human behavior live below the line we'll blame it on what's happening in the world we'll blame it on the supply chain issues all these types of things but realistically one of the ways that they control inflation and they've taught us and they've told us that this is why we move the official cash rate is to ensure that inflation sits between one and three percent 
Well, at the moment, inflation is 100% over the maximum amount of inflation that we usually like to have in the economy. So we like to have a little bit of inflation. We think that then the economy is growing. Well, we want it to sit between 1% and 3%, but it's now at 6%. And that's probably rigged because it doesn't include some of the things that a lot of people actually buy because it's measured off a basket of goods that's actually pretty um, irrelevant when you look into it. But anyway, let's not get further into this conspiracies. Let's just look at facts here. So it's double what we want it to be at its peak. And if it's getting towards 3%, usually we're shitting the bed anyway, and we're going like, wow, 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 interest rates have got to go up. But they're not really increasing interest rates. The bank have, but the official cash rate has only moved slightly. They said, oh, we're going to move it, you know, a couple of a cent over the next two years. And we know that, and they've said that, they've gone on the record saying that. But why? Like, why would they not just go, shit, inflation's 6%, we know what we have to do, we need to put the interest rates up. Well, probably they can't, because our economy is built on debt, and everywhere you go now, it's so easy to get cash, uh, to get debt. And if you want to buy a house, you're going to need debt. If you want to buy a new laptop, for instance... You're probably not going to save up and pay for it anymore. You're going to find some form of consumer finance. So Noel Lehman are probably going to give you some finance of their own. Or you're going to use Afterpay. Everywhere you go, you're actually incentivized to use some form of debt. Now that is so confusing because as we're growing up, parents will always say, oh, in my day, we were taught if you want something, then you have to save and then you can buy it. Well, that's all good and well but it's not your day anymore. And I'm pretty for that strategy. I think it's a great way to learn how to save for the things that you want. But here's where it doesn't work. Let's say you saved your ass up. You saved your ass up. Yeah, you saved your ass up. You saved your ass off to buy a house. And you, before the pandemic, you decide, oh, but shaky here. Don't think I will. Fast forward two years. Now houses are 40% ahead of when you were going to buy them. If you didn't buy, the people that used debt and over leveraged themselves or used the available credit to buy those houses, they are in the house that maybe you wanted and you're sitting there going, well now I need another 40%. What's, what's happened here? I thought I was doing the right thing. My parents always said, if you want something, save up before you can buy it. Now I know a house is an extreme example because most people can't go and buy a house outright, right? But that's where the argument falls down again. Well, you said, if I want something, I've got to save up before I can get it. Well, I can't, because I can't afford a house. I, and I need to use debt, because the system means that they're so fucking expensive that we need debt. And that was, then your parents say, oh no, I just, yeah, but, but you know, as long as you have the deposit. Well, now you need 40% more of the deposit. So you are actually incentivized in the economy that we live in, in the, in the situation, in the... Uh, system that we're in to use debt and if you don't you have effectively been left behind in some way shape or form the problem comes when we don't know how to manage the debt that we have that's when things get out of control now so to go back to why I raised that is because interest rates should be a lot higher now in America when inflation started rearing its head they said Oh, it's transitory, it's transitory. Now, you probably heard that word. It basically means like, we're not going to do anything about it because we think it's going to disappear. Well, it hasn't disappeared, and it's only gotten worse. So they've left it longer to deal with it. Because I think, my hunch is that they know they can't really put interest rates to where they need to be 
because you and I will be fucked. And there's a lot of swearing in this, and I make no apology because I'm just getting excited about the topic. But you think about it. If they said, right, inflation's 6%, therefore we probably need inf- interest rates for people to be about 8%, because that's really going to curb the spending in the economy. Well, imagine everybody who went and took a loan out during the last 24 months getting told, hey, you need to pay 8% interest on this now. Well, I can't afford to do that. Why not? Well, all the things that I need to buy are more expensive. Everything I need for my house, uh, my then my interest rate would be weightier than I expected. I was bargaining or banking on a 2.5% rate. Now you're telling me 8% something. Well, I'm fucked there. Well, uh, by the way, uh, I took $80 to the grocery store and actually only got two brown paper bags full of stuff, and that's probably going to last us to the Thursday. That usually would have lasted me to the Friday because things are 6 to 20% dearer. And you're going, well, the whole system would collapse. So what I think that I've done is they've decreased the interest rates and put so much credit in the system to allow for all of us to keep spending money during a time where we thought that the world was just going to completely stop because of COVID. But in the meantime, I think they've effectively backed themselves into a corner. Now, a lot of the people that work at the Reserve Bank of New Zealand that sort of control some of these things, what do you think they've done? Well, they've binned it. They've been their jobs. They've all, there's, well, not all, there's a lot of them in the senior roles who have left. Shit, we'd love to get an inside summary from those people why they are leaving that role, wouldn't they? Very, very interesting times. And I think that because we've backed ourselves so deep into a corner, it makes it hard to figure out, well, what's next? You know, are we going to look at inflation for the next couple of years, maybe 10 years? Who knows? And I don't think enough people will be paying attention to this because they just don't care enough. And hey, in a couple of years' time, I could listen back to this and go, well, maybe I overcooked it and everything just calmed back down and we carried on and people accepted having a million-dollar loan and that was sweet and interest rates are still bugger all. Um, but who knows? You know, This is the thing. No one really knows where we're going. But... What we do know is that inflation is definitely here and it doesn't look like it's going away because we've still got to go through the next cycle. So once inflation sort of embeds itself in a little bit and Luke starts whinging about his $21.80 muffin and couple of coffees, people go that are in control go, you know what, I'm going to start making some changes. Now I was encouraging you to do these things a year ago, but now people are starting to notice. My mate messaged me during the week, for instance, geez lads, my fertiliser on my farm, it's... It's gone from $499 a unit to $1,490, three times. Uh, people are starting to see what the costs are that are impacting them. And so then people start to make changes. And often for uh, in business, what they'll do is they'll go, well, we need to raise our prices. And then we're paying more. Well, other businesses are paying more. And then they start passing those costs on as well. And so prices continue to rise. So what I'm saying is we've still got a massive wave of the reactions that people take to inflation being here. And that's probably going to lead to more inflation too. We don't even know yet. I think it's 50-something days until the 31st of March. That's the end of the financial year. From the 1st of April, usually we change our minimum wage. Now, business owners don't even know if that's going to increase. Imagine running a business where you employ a number of people that are on minimum wage or just above it, because if you increase the minimum wage, the people that are just above it say, well, hey, I want a pay increase too. It's unfair that 
old mate's getting the same as me now. And you don't even know. You're 50 something days to that and you don't even know. So you can't even budget for what your costs of your staff are going to be. But I guarantee you that once they do know that, if it's going to go up, then people are going to, those business owners are going to react by going, from the 1st of April, our prices are going to increase by blah, blah, blah percent. Because they need to maintain their margin. Because not what a lot of people don't understand is that a lot of business owners in New Zealand don't actually make shitloads of money. And all the stories you read and think, wow, you know, these greedy assholes and stuff, just like anything, uh, it's a very small percentage of the population that are those bad eggs or that those outlier stories. Most businesses are just getting by and they are struggling to actually make ends meet and make a good profit and they'll need to protect those otherwise they can't pay their loans, they can't pay their rent, they can't pay their insurance, they can't pay all the expenses that they have going out so they need to increase their prices to ensure that they can keep a business and actually keep those people employed. Now the government are going to find themselves in a very tricky situation where they're either they're going to piss off a number of business owners by saying, hey, we're going to put up uh, the minimum wage when times are already tough for a lot of business owners. But at the same time, people are going, well, I've just lost 6% of my purchasing power because inflation's here, so you need to increase the minimum wage to protect those people and those people on benefits and those types of things as well. So my hunch would be I'd be 80-20, I'd be 80% um, guessing, well, not guessing, but... 80% 80% certain that they will raise the minimum wage from the 1st of April. So then we're going to see another reaction of people increasing their prices, which is just leading to more inflation. So what I'm trying to paint a picture for you here is that inflation is not just this news story that we saw one week and it's probably gone. You know, We saw it in June, it was 3.3%. Well, that's higher than the 1.3% target. And then it was 4.9% in September. Then it's 5.9% in December. So it's here and it's probably staying because we've still got all of the trigger factors to go that are contributing to this. Now, being the geek that I am, I'm then researching overseas going, okay, what's happening in different countries? And I'm looking at what's the price of a second-hand car in America? What's the price of electronics? Are they moving? Because I'm thinking my MacBooks are about to shit itself at some stage. Should I be buying one before they become more expensive? You know, I'm trying to figure out what things am I maybe going to need in the next couple of years that I can be buying now? And that is another way that you can take control back of some of the inflation that's coming for us is to buy the things now that you're going to need in the future. And I'm not saying just go and waste money or just buy it for the sake of it, but you might want to be careful about the things that you're going to be purchasing and figuring out why, right how many of those do I actually need and do I want to lock in some of the price? As an example, a year ago you might have realised that inflation was coming for petrol and you brought a massive tanker and just stored it on your property. I don't actually know if legally you could do this, but you know if you could store petrol somewhere, you would buy a shit ton of petrol because you knew, well, it's probably going to go up by 30% in price. And that's exactly what's happened. But sometimes that's not practical. So what you could do is go, well, I'm going to try and drive less. I'm going to work from home. one more day a week or maybe two days or whatever or I'm going to get a a ride in with a mate so I don't have to pay for my own parking you've got to start getting creative around the ways at which money is leaving your bank account because no one is coming to save you the government aren't going to solve this the reserve bank aren't going to solve this 
There's not going to be some magic fairy that just goes, hey guys, we got rid of inflation, happy days, carry on. This shit is here and your money is becoming worth less. So you've got to find ways that you can get back in control of that happening. If you are further geeky like myself, you might have thought, and I'll explain this in a money mail on Friday, inflation in terms of petrol is coming, what could I do? I'm going to invest into a US oil fund. So I put some of my money into a US oil fund. So how I could look at this is, right, I'm probably going to spend, say, 500 bucks on gas. I'm going to put $500 into this US oil fund, and I'm going to pull it out when I need it or you know, any year's time, for instance. But that's going to be my hedge against petrol going up. And that's exactly what I did. So I invested some money into a US oil fund, and it's up 66% nearly a year to this date. So my impact of price uh, of petrol increasing for me week to week hasn't been as much because actually the oil fund increasing in value has offset that increase in the price at the pump. That's obviously you know pretty down the line or pretty um, I wouldn't say expert, but you know you're probably not thinking about those types of things because you're not deep in it or thinking about this stuff every day. But that's the types of things that people will be thinking about. How can we offset our impact of the price rises of these different things? And you know, that's another way that we can do it. But you need to be thinking about what things you're going to need over the next couple of years and what prices are rising around you, whether that be food, parking, fuel, and then what you can do to control it. Now, the easy answer for me is to always say, well, just make more money and just put more money into your household. And I've tried to teach that and I've done webinars and I've put out content and I've made cheat sheets. If you don't have any of that stuff, email lukakeepthechange.co.nz. I'm happy to get it in front of you. And that is, I think, that is a, a great thing to learn because it forces you to go and take action and start getting back in control of your income. But if you don't want to do that, then you at least need to be looking at the expenses that you are facing as well. Now, all of this stuff's going on, and then looks like Russia might invade Ukraine, and you're just sitting there going, well, what the fuck is going on there? Uh, And I don't really know, but I've been trying to keep an eye on it, uh, because it looks like it's going to happen, and I don't know uh, what that's going to lead to, or what that could mean, but it doesn't look good, nonetheless. But I'm sure the world markets will shit the bed, and petrol will probably go up even more, and there'll be a lot more uncertainty in the world, and it's just something that we probably don't need to be seeing, but we're probably going to see it. So there's going to be some reactions to that, and again, we'll be down here in little old New Zealand watching 10% of our share market get wiped off of the uh, wiped off in terms of its value, going, wow, how did, how did that happen? Where's 10% of my KiwiSaver gone? Uh, who, who knows? It might not be that bad, but those are the types of things that we need to see, and then go like, all right, just... Remember, this is completely out of my control and I just need to keep focusing on the things that I can control. But I'm sure that that's going to have some impact on the world as well. But um, I, I don't really know what that what that is. But there's uh, some literature out there from Ray Dalio. If you, he's got two books. One's called Principles and it's Guiding Principles to, to Live Your Life by Almost. And it's a very thorough and big read. And then he's got a new book out called The Changing World Order. I've started listening to the second one and haven't finished it, but a lot of what he talks about is how in history, 
we go through what's called a debt cycle. So basically, as I explained to you before, you start getting incentivized to use debt. And if you're not using debt, you're effectively not using the system the way that you should be. And you're getting left behind. And you're almost stupid, dare I say it, because you're not using cheap money to access the things faster than what other people are uh, who are using that. And that's how people get into houses and they buy the things that they want and they get the van that they need to start the business that they want to run before they could actually afford the van and they repay the bank and all these types of things. So debt's there to grow the economy, right? But eventually, his teachings suggest that we get to the end of what's called a debt cycle and the whole thing basically capitulates. Now, I don't really understand what that's going to mean, but on a very simple level, I think what happens is it then becomes very hard to access credit and a lot of people can't repay their debt and the whole thing sort of grinds to a halt and we have to reset it because we've put so much debt into the, the system. And I think that's what we've done over the last probably two years but also um, be before that, right back to the GFC in 2007 and things like that. But you know, the states, for instance, they've created 40% of their entire lifetime's money in the last year or 18 months, I think it is. So, you know, the creation of money and the creation of debt, where they have a debt ceiling where they say, well, we can't go past this amount of debt, but then they do it. You know, it's just, it's very confusing and it's something that there's not many people you could give a phone call to and say, hey, what, what happens next here? How does this play out? But I guess we all need to understand that in our lifetime, you know, depending on what your age is, that we may see the unwinding of this debt uh, cycle is the terminology. So we could see it all kind of go the other way where you can no longer get heaps of debt and you can't get heaps of consumer finance and you can't just roll into the bank and be like, yo, want to buy that house? I own 80 grand a year. Give me a million dollars. And instead of them being like, sit down, let's roll. How quickly can we give this to you? And we'll sell you with some insurance and make sure your KiwiSavers with us at the same time. They're just like, no, it's not how it works. We don't have the access to the credit. I'm sorry. And you sit there going, well, what the fuck? It's my God-given right to buy a house in this country. Please, please give me the money. And they say, we can't do that. And everything starts to slowly grind to a halt. And we probably start to see the decline of economies. And Ray Dalio, for instance, I've heard him mention before, that we could be facing a decade, so 10 years of low growth to no growth across a lot of different economies across the world, especially the Western ones. And so people want to be investing into emerging markets and markets that aren't so fueled by debt and have still got more of a debt cycle to go through. Uh, but you know that stuff's very hard to understand, and even for me. So I try to take it back to a simplistic level and just think about what things can I control as the things that go on out there get out of my control? Because I can't control the Russia versus the Ukraine thing. I can't control what the petrol price is going to be, but I can control what I do about those things. I can't control the fact that Jacinda, Grant, Robertson, Luxon, like whoever of these people are going to be leading our country are going to sit there and say to us, oh, the inflation, you're 6%. Oh, I wouldn't worry about it. It's, um, it's, it's, we're not alone. It's happening all around the world. 
oh my god, that gives me so much more comfort. I might just nip down to the cafe again and grab another twenty-one dollar eighty couple of coffees and muffins, you know. So those people aren't gonna. They're not. They're, they're not even in control of it. Their their answer is well, it's happening everywhere. So why are we talking about this? And I did a whole podcast on this months ago because I could see it getting even worse and could see their bullshit excuses and wanted to try and explain to you not to fall into that trap and go like, oh yeah, everything's sweet. Like they're trying to reassure you that everything's sweet so that you don't go and make massive changes, maybe, so that we all stay uh, under the thumb of their brilliant leadership and things like that. And this isn't just to beat up on the government, but I think this is just, like, if you were, think about it, if you were leading a country, would you be like, yeah, fuck, I can't believe inflation's got to 6%. I'm pretty pissed off about it. I'm going to ring Adrian Orr and be like, mate, what are you doing? Because my coffee is so expensive now and the petrol that it cost me to get here you know, it's, this is bullshit, we shouldn't be letting this happening and we're letting Kiwis down and people are losing money year on year and they've got less access to cash and they've also got a weakening dollar that they can buy things for. You'd be like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to vote for them anymore, eh? that all sounds pretty scary. So you're going to stand there and go, oh, well, you know, yeah, we, look, we acknowledge it's 6% because that's the thing to do, you just agree with everything and then that sort of takes the, the power out of an argument. Oh yeah, we agree, it's, it is 6%, well you're correct because it is and uh, it's it's happening in other countries too. Oh, great stuff. Good. That's uh, that's very practical. I don't know, as I said on one of the earlier podcasts that I did around this stuff, why any of these journalists don't say, hey, what should a Kiwi household do around 6% inflation and see if they've got any practical answers and leave them on it and just be like, oh, come on. you know, what, what, what? No, no, tell me exactly what someone can do. That's what we want to hear and that's what I think the people need to hear. That's true leadership to me is here's the problem. Well, hey team, here's a few solutions. Not just, oh, well, you know, hey, America's got the same problem. Some of the other countries do. Australia's uh, got a, a a problem too. Because that, that shit doesn't really cut it. And where it also doesn't cut it is that you think for you and I, maybe we can afford a $22 coffee. And that's all good and well for me to go for a couple of coffees and a muffin and go, well, like even I noticed that was expensive, but it's probably not going to stop me from going and doing it again. But where inflation can get hideous for a lot of people is that Items that they may buy go up a lot faster than 6%. As an example, for low-income earners, their 49-cent can spaghetti, for instance, that they may buy, all of a sudden goes to $1.09 and things like that. It's not, oh, it's gone from 50 cents to 54 cents. It's almost doubled in price or tripled and things like that. So when you go shopping, don't just look at the things that you normally buy and figure out, okay, are these more expensive? Look at some of the other items as well that you might have graduated past buying because you've gotten yourself into uh, a better situation or economic situation for your life and figure out and think like, wow, what could those families be facing? Because those are probably the families too that just, they don't have the time to be listening to podcasts and figuring out things like that and, and taking back control of things. They're just literally getting absolutely blindsided everywhere they go and trying to look after their children and their um, their their life and put food on the table. And they're going, well, last week I could buy 20 cans of this spaghetti and now I can only buy 10. You know, what the fuck just happened? Keep an eye on what loaves of bread are costing and things like that because those are the sort of essentials that people will be feeding people with and it's not just necessarily about the coffees and the muffins and the steaks and the things that some of us may be eating. It's what about the price of everything? And 
can we notice some of those things? And I'm always big on advocating for how we can help to give back. And I think if you're in that position to do that, then you know now more than ever is one of those times where we need to be able to do that. And one of the things that uh, you know I would love if we could just basically, you know, I think if it was as simple as let's just print a shitload of money and bring everyone out of poverty, then that would be great. But I think we know that that doesn't actually work because they've they've printed a shitload of money in America, and there's people that have donated stacks and stacks to these different things, but these problems don't seem to be getting solved. So I think part of it is an education piece. Uh, one of the ways that I'm giving back is obviously through this, and I'm going to make my night school free for people to work through as well and see what people start to get out of that because I know there's people that just can't afford to access that. So as a way for me to invest back and to keep the change, I'm going to make that free, so keep an eye out for that. Um, but you know, just think about all these things that are going on out there and just be be aware of them and and keep your eyes open to them because I think they you know they aren't going away and we might be sitting here at some stage this year talking about a $3.50 price per liter for petrol and let's not learn about it at $3.50 let's learn about it now and go fuck if that's literally where we're going what could I do even I have got an electric scooter and last week I scooted to work maybe three times. So I'm trying to use my car less. And it's not necessarily because I can't afford the petrol. It's because I'm trying to teach myself different habits and help, well, encourage myself to practice some of the things that I'm preaching and go, well, what could solutions be? You know, just earning more money isn't always the best solution. Creativity is an amazing solution and it's something that we don't teach massively too. And I've taught you the example before where you just write your problem at the top of your page and then write down 20 solutions to it. And that's a great way to start to retrain your brain to find creative solutions to things. And that's what we used to do at school. Let's brainstorm. Let's brainstorm some ideas here. So you know, you can do that too with some of these things that you notice because I don't think that in a year's time we're going to look back and go, oh shit, that inflation thing was all just a bit of a, you know, bit of a gag and glad that that's gone now because if they really wanted to control inflation, they could and they would and they have the tools to, but they can't because they've backed themselves into a corner and the amount of household debt we have across the nation has just gotten bigger and bigger, so it's counterintuitive to then go to all those people and be like, ha suckers, over the last 24 months, you guys took on way more debt per household, and we also put more debt into the system. Now what we're going to do is we're going to shaft all of you by giving you a completely high interest rate because you all go, what the fuck? I am not paying 8% in interest, and I'm not moving out of my house, and it's my right to have this place, and how could this happen? And the shit will just absolutely hit the fan. So I think that the powers of that be have sort of back themselves firmly into a corner and they are hoping like shit that this doesn't unravel around them. But I've said for a long time now, what's worse, a 4% interest rate or 4% inflation? Well, now we're seeing that. We've got 4% interest rates and 4% inflation, but we don't even just have 4% inflation. We have 6% inflation. We have 40% inflation effectively, 30 to 40% inflation in terms of buying a house. It's 20% for more... uh, for inflation for the materials and things that you want to build a house. So, you know, it's not just 6%. That's just one part of it. That's just the basket of goods that they measure. 
But like I said before, measure goods yourself. Keep an eye on them. Keep an eye on what things are costing you and figure out, do you really need them? Do you need to be buying these things as regularly and what things you can do to take back control? Righto, that has got my week started. Uh, I It's Tuesday morning. I haven't even put a shirt on yet or socks or anything. I've got shorts on at least. I was about to head into the office and do some work, but I'd been thinking about this stuff over the weekend and thinking how could I articulate it in a way that might be able to help you to change some of the things that you're doing or just give you a heads up to what is going on, as Marvin Gaye would say. So hopefully you found that insightful and I literally didn't prepare any notes or anything. I just hit record and started talking and that could be a little bit all over the show, less structured than some of the other podcasts, but I hope you can hear the passion coming through from me. It just comes from a place of wanting to help educate people and help you get back into control because it's being slowly taken from us and it's a shit feeling when control uh, gets taken from us and we don't know what we can do on the other side. So hopefully that gave you some things to think about. See you later in the week. Look after yourselves out there and fight back.